It's good to be in God's house this morning, isn't it? to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, while the young people can be dismissed to class there, and as soon as church is over, we'll have a candy hunt for all the kids and teenagers, and uh, you teenagers are going to have to fight over a bunch of candy, look. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight kids. Oh, and hey, if we got some adults, you know, want to go. All right, thank you. We have um, a little over a thousand pieces of candy, and uh, so that's a hundred pieces a piece. So uh, your kids are going to go home with lots of candy today. So, uh, and teenagers, you have to get out there and. And uh, get some candy, all right? Teenagers are like, candy, right? 1 Corinthians 15, why do we celebrate what we do? Why do we do what we do? You know, like I said um, just uh, before the offering, seriously, this is is the biggest day of the year um, for Christianity. Uh, On that third day. They, I mean, it, how, how important it was for them to go to that tomb and not find him there. Amen. It was very important for that to take place. And, and we'll get there in just a moment. But just the gospel, this morning's message is the gospel. And we're going to look at three different aspects of the gospel this morning. Three simple thoughts um, from this text in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1. And we'll read verse number 5 uh, through 6. Now, you say, why, why are you coming from 1 Corinthians? This is not about the resurrection, uh, but it is. And uh, we have the gospel because of the resurrection. And uh, we wouldn't have the gospel without the resurrection. Uh, and, and we'll get there and uh, just give you some simple thoughts this morning. Uh, I want to talk to you simply this about the gospel. You say, what is the gospel? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's the gospel. Here's the gospel. The death of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that in of itself is the gospel. And you will find this gospel in the description from verses 1 through 6. Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. For Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. You say, what does that have to be? Hey, the gospel is not preached because of Trenton Stevics. And the gospel is not preached because of you. The gospel is preached because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And the gospel hasn't changed and will never change. This gospel that was delivered to me is the same gospel that I'm delivering to you. And the same gospel that was delivered to you is the same gospel that was preached here and is the same gospel that will continue to preach. And let me say this to me, just, just so everybody knows and let this be known, 
that the gospel that will be preached from this pulpit and from this church will be the gospel of the resurrection and the death and the burial. Nothing more and nothing added and nothing taken away. And the gospel that will always be preached, may it always be the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. People want to add to the gospel. People want to add to what you got to do to get to heaven. But this is simple as it may be. It's the death and the burial and the resurrection. He said in Romans chapter 5 that we need to stand. Stand for something or you'll fall for every single thing. I'm standing on the gospel and it's not going to change. I'm not changing it now. We won't change it in 10 years. You say, well, what if, the, what if the world don't like it? Then they can lump it. Hey, they can disagree or agree. This is the gospel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you agree with me or not. Because it's the gospel. And the gospel that was delivered to Paul is the same gospel that I stand and preach to you today. Over 2,000 years later, still the same gospel. The same gospel. Let's talk about that gospel this morning. You got your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Let's just, out of respect to reading God's Word, let's stand. And uh, if you can, verse number 1, we'll read, we'll read the first six verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. I don't know about you, but I didn't believe in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The Bible says in verse number 4, And that he was buried, and that he arose again that third day according to to the scriptures, verse five, and that he was seen as Cephas. Uh, verse, yeah, verse number five, and he was seen as Cephas, then of twelve, and after that he was seen above of five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. He said, "What do you mean? What does all that mean? Look, Jesus died according to the scriptures. Jesus was buried." according to the scriptures. And Jesus arose from the dead according to the scriptures. And to back it all up, he even had people see him after he arose from the dead just to prove that he was really what he said he was doing. And we're going to talk about that. That is the gospel. Verse number 3 and verse number 4. God, I love you. And I thank you for today. I thank you for every individual that is here this morning. I pray that you will help me to convey the thought that you have for us this morning. I pray for those that are here this morning that do not know for sure they're on their way to heaven. I pray that they would get that settled this morning. Please, Lord, don't let them leave without knowing for sure they're on their way to heaven. What a great day, what a great Easter it would be for them to receive Christ this morning. Lord, I thank you for everything that went into today. I thank you for all the Bibles that were passed out, all the, all the flyers, all the invitations that went out, and all the hard work that went into today. I pray that you'll bless and we thank you for everything you've done. We know that you will. And in the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. So first of all, just in the sermon, I've got three simple points. We'll go to the house 
and everybody can have their ham and potatoes and mac and cheese and, and gravy and biscuits and rolls. And I don't know about you, but I'm having something good for lunch, all right? Look, I smelled it cooking this morning when I left the house. Ham was already starting to cook. I'm ready to go. We might even have to cut it short. Yes, homemade rolls. I got homemade rolls waiting to go. Woo! Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to give you three simple thoughts. Number one, we see the principle of the gospel. What's, a princi what's the principle mean? The principle is the fundamental truth that serves of the foundation of our belief. You say, what do you mean by the principle? This is our foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 3. For I delivered unto you first of all, which also, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Bible says later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 14, the Bible says, and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also in vain. If Christ had not been risen, all that we would believe is false. All that we would believe is in vain. All that we stand on would not be something to stand on. But this is the principle of the gospel, and it is the truth that Jesus Christ did rise from the dead, and Jesus Christ did come up out of that ground. And Because you say, how do you know that, preacher? Because I, I can look and look back at history, and you say, how do you know that? I don't know about you, but if you get about 10 or 12 men, that they commit a crime together? And you get, them in, you get them each in their own room, and they're nailing them down, trying to get them to roll. Who's, whoever's the first one to roll to get a, get, get, uh, get a lighter sentence? Do you know what would happen? A couple of them would say, no, okay, it's me. It's me, all right. He, he did it. He's lying about it. He, he, he's the one that did it. They would roll in just a moment. Do you see these ten, these eleven men that witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ? When they came to that tomb that morning, the Bible says that he is not here. He's risen from the dead. They went inside that tomb and they found the grave clothes of Jesus laying on the inside of that tomb. They found the napkin that was upon his head inside of that tomb. And the Bible says that those twelve, uh, those eleven men that were left, the disciples, they went and began to tell everybody about it. And the Bible says in this text that, that, that Jesus Christ on his risen form, he was seen from about 500 people. 500 people saw that. And those 11 men, let me tell you what happened to those 11 men that saw and witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every one of them died. And every one of them, and not a one of them recanted their story. Every, just about every one of them died a martyr's death. You know what that means? They were killed because of their belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say, how do you know that it's true? How do you know that it's fundamentally sound? It's because not a one of them recanted to save their life. And not a one of them recanted so they wouldn't go to jail and spend the rest of their life in jail. Because they knew that Christ had risen from the dead. As John the Beloved says in John chapter number 11, that he, he saw it. And when he saw the grave clothes there, he believed. And all the way to his death on the Isle of Patmos, as he died, an old man never recanted that he had saw the grave clothes of Jesus Christ. 
The principle of the matter is, it is true. The gospel is true. There is no falsehood in the gospel. You go to that grave today, guess what? It's empty. <clears throat> this is our day. that We can look back and say, go ahead. Look, I have family members that have passed on. And you go to their grave, their tomb, their body's still in that tomb. Their body's still in the grave. But look, I have a family member who died over 2,000 years ago and I can go to his grave and that tomb is empty. You say, how do you know what tomb was Jesus? Because they still have it labeled the tomb where Jesus was laid or the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea who allowed Jesus just to borrow his tomb tomb because he knew that Jesus wasn't going to be there long. Even though some of them doubted that Jesus had really risen from the dead, Jesus said, well, fine. If you don't believe me, then touch my hand. Why don't you just put, put your hand in the, in the place where they nailed my hands to the, uh, to the cross. Uh, put your hand in my side where they, where they pierced me with the spear. Go ahead. The truth, the validity of the gospel is still true. And it hasn't changed and it will never change. It will always be the same that he is risen from the dead. Don't ever think and don't ever doubt the validity, the truth of what it is. Because how in the world can 2,000 years later we read the exact same scripture that was written 2,000 years ago and it says what it says and we still believe it today. The principle of the gospel is unchanged. And may it always stay unchanged. The gospel. The truth. Look, you say, why do you preach like that? Why do you say stuff like that? This gospel is the sole basis of every single thing I believe. Everything I believe. Well, how do you know it's true? God is real. We'll talk about it in just a little bit, the last point. But this is the principle. It is true. And God's word is real. If it changed your life, what happened inside of you? What changed you? Just a, a moment of time? Yeah, 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 I changed myself. No. Somebody came inside of you, Jesus Christ or the Holy Ghost, and now lives inside of you. It changed your destiny. It changed your destination. It changed your. It changed who you, where you're going in life. That's the gospel. The foundation of all that we believe. Because if Christ did not rise from the dead, we'd be no different than those who worship uh, 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 Buddha. Because he's still in the tomb. No different than those who who worship uh, Muhammad because he's still in the tomb. No different. But my God's up from the grave he arose, as the song says. So we see, first of all, we see the principle of the gospel. Number two, we see the phenomena of the gospel. What does that mean? The miracle of the gospel. 
the miracle, the remarkable person, the thing or event that took place. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 4, and he that was buried and that rose again the third day, that miracle was not necessarily in his death. That miracle was not necessarily in, in, in what took place on the cross, but what took place in the grave. You say, how is that miracle? The greatest miracle, the greatest phenomenon that ever took place was Jesus Christ being dead and then defying grave, defeating grave, defeating sin, defeating hell, came up out of that ground. The miracle of Jesus Christ was that he, when they went to that tomb that morning, that Sunday, hey, the reason we have church on Sunday was because he rose from the dead on the first day of the week. Just in case you didn't know, that's why we have church, why we do. Because when they went to the tomb, he was not there on that first day of the week. He had been crucified earlier that week, and he had been in the grave some three full days, and there he rose from the dead on that Sunday morning. That was the first day of the week, and that's why we have church on the first day of the week, and that's why everything, you say, why? Because the miracle of Jesus Christ was that he rose from the dead. We may not be able to explain it. Man cannot be able to always understand it, but know this, that the miracle was true, and the miracle of Jesus rising from the dead was the phenom of the gospel. Because we would have no gospel if he would still be in the grave. Because when he arose from the dead, he took our sin. Because had he stayed in the ground, sin would have conquered him. And death would have conquered him in 1 Corinthians 15. And at the end of the text, at the end of the verse, he, uh, verse number 55, he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And the sting of law, uh, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Because Jesus Christ conquered death. He gives us the victory to walk as Christians today. Because of his conquering of death. Never a man before has conquered death. Ever. But God did. Conquered death. Bible says in Luke chapter 24... He says in verse number 5, And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? You know what they just asked them? Why are you looking for somebody who's alive in a graveyard? Why are you looking for somebody who's alive in the tomb? Why are you looking for somebody who is in a tomb hey, when he's alive? He is risen like he said. Yeah. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Who raised Jesus from the dead? God did. The miracle of the gospel. Jesus rose from the dead. And without that, our faith would be in vain. Acts 2.24 says, Whom God hath raised up, 
having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Philippians 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. He died the death for me, but he arose from the dead for the sake of the gospel so that you and I could know about salvation. So we see the principle of the gospel, the phenom of the gospel, or the miracle of the gospel, number three, and I'm done, is the promise of the gospel. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean the guarantee of the gospel. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 2, by which ye are saved. Verse 1. He said, I declare unto you the gospel. Verse 2, by which you are saved. If you keep in memory which, what I preached unto you. What is that that he preached unto you? The gospel. The gospel. The promise of the gospel. I'm going to tell you this, Christian. Hey, lost person. I'm going to tell you that the promise of the gospel is salvation. Because there is salvation. The Bible says there is salvation given no other name. Given among men. Except Jesus Christ. You're not going to, look, you're not going to get salvation because, because some man's going to give it to you. You're not going to get salvation because you're good. You're not going to get salvation because of what you've done in your life. Or what you may do in the afterlife. Or what you can, how many times you, 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 uh, you give to the church. Or how many times you're a, a good saint. Or how many times you do things. That's not what's going to get you there. Because that thing, that specific thing, the giving of the money and the going to church and being a member did not die on the cross for you. And it will never pay for your sins. You say, why? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried in the ground, and up from the grave he arose to pay for your sin. And nothing else, and nothing else has or ever will do that for you. Nothing has. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You can't get to heaven your way, and I'll get to heaven my way, and we meet up in the middle. No, we go to heaven by the gospel, and only the gospel. We're not all going to get there on our own. We're going to get there by the gospel. Just because you're a member somewhere of a church or such and such and this and you're a good person doesn't mean that we're all going to meet up in the heaven. It's about have you accepted the gospel or not? So I ask you this question. Are you going to heaven when you die? If you sit there in your seat and you say, well, I, I'm not for sure. Man, I, I, I sure hope so. Maybe, maybe I can get it all straightened out before I get there. Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. Bible says, today is the day of thy salvation. Amen. The gospel is true. The, the gospel, the promise of the gospel is that if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will go to heaven when you die. Because the, the, as you look at this text in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says... He says here, here's the promise of the gospel is that salvation is true. 
And then after, after he arose from the dead, guess who's seen him? The disciples saw him. And the women saw him. And over 500 people saw Jesus Christ in his resurrected form. Paul says, I even got to see him, but I'm the least of all of these. But in verse number 9 or verse number 10, he said, but by the grace of God, I know. Here's a winning piece. Look, if you're sitting there today and you don't know that you're going to heaven, don't doubt. Because the gospel, it doesn't matter what church you attend. And it doesn't matter how much good works you do. And it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Because the gospel will save you regardless of where you are. I'm undeserving of the gospel. But he saved me. There's a song that says, The ground is level at the foot of the cross. No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name. And a king can do the same. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. It doesn't matter who you are. If you will call. Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Verse 13 as well. He says that. Verse 13 says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Why the Lord? Because he's the one that raised from the dead. Why him? Because he's the one that. Your, your good works. Your, your good deeds. They didn't rise from the dead. And so when you call upon the name of the Lord. You shall be saved. The message this morning. It's simple. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Maybe you're sitting there this morning. You don't know. Don't doubt anymore. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. It doesn't matter where you're at. Today is the day. Don't put it off anymore. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for